0: Welcome to A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Podcast. This is Michaela. I should have said, we never tell the people beforehand, but this camera's right on you. So if you're talking to the camera, you can look to that one. Or the GoPro. But that one is yours.
1: We share one. We are your hosts, Jesse <laughs> yeah. and Eric.
0: Yes. That was awkward. I know. Yeah. I'm
1: trying something different. Yes. Um,
0: I always like to introduce people in a weird way basically by letting you introduce yourself because you know what you do.
2: Okay, well my name is Michaela and I am from St. Catharines, born and raised and I am a high school student as well as a mom and entrepreneur as well as a model. Yeah.
0: And the entrepreneurial business is modeling.
2: Yes, yes. Um, I model and I coach other models locally
1: Makes sense to have the two sides of it. I can't really see trying to survive on just being a model to start out being that easy to do. But if you well, have I a, would a business, mindset, be able to do it. No. So not not having the body. No. Well, um, I guess you could, there's all sorts of models. Yes.
2: There's uh, spokes models and also like acting as well, like non-speaking. So it's kind of the same as modeling, but it's facial acting.
0: I would do very well as the before people in weight loss ads. <laughs>
2: That's so mean to say to yourself. <laughs> you just find a
0: look-alike that's ripped.
2: Don't yeah, say that yeah. to yourself. I'm joking. That's
1: fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. If anybody's looking, I'm willing. So you say you've lived in St. Catharines your whole life. Is there any temptation to go anywhere else? Is there a bigger modeling scene somewhere else that's...
2: My plan accessible? is to move to Hamilton and commute back and forth from Toronto because I feel like that's a smart business move because... If I were to base my own company in Tr- Hamilton, that gives me leeway to work with Niagara, as well as Toronto. Makes
1: sense.
2: And not just that, it's easier to communicate, as well as um, commute back and forth from Toronto, as well as Niagara, because of the go system.
1: Yeah, that I mean, I think they're gonna have full, regular go service to Niagara Falls eventually, that's on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and cheaper housing too cuz Toronto's exactly. ridiculous for housing costs.
2: Exactly. So instead of going all the way to Toronto and wasting all my money, I can live in Hamilton and do basically the same thing.
1: It makes sounds like a quite sensible well thought out place to be. Hamilton's an okay city. We occasionally do a wedding here and there in Hamilton and Just a lot of
0: one-way streets. There are a lot. That's of the only streets. issue. Yeah. King Other than that Street
2: and it's a nice King city. Street. <laughs>
0: Um Every entrepreneur has a has a story or a reason as to why they became an entrepreneur, and you're 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 rare because a I think you're the youngest person we've had. Uh, How old are you?
2: Eighteen. Okay, so definitely
0: <laughs> the youngest. I I uh, remember what I was doing at eighteen, and it was not running a business.
1: No, no. Eighteen, I was in my second year of university, probably still coming to grips with the ex my own existence. I would say at
0: that point. Well, 18, I was either in my last summer of college or first year of of university or college. I didn't go to university when I said that. But yeah, that's impressive. So why'd you start? What was, what's the beginning? What was the driving factor?
2: Well, my father raised me with a very strong business mindset.
0: What'd your father do?
2: He was a truck driver. he dropped out of high school and he didn't want that for me or my siblings so he pushed schooling on us very strong and i took more of a business and more of a more of uh, how would you say it i don't even know like a leading leadership role Cause I was also in the air cadet program, so I like taking the leadership, and I did um, go up through the ranks to the rank of flight sergeant. So I did do drill, and I did marksmanship, and I was a drill team commander, and I did do teaching. So I had to write out business plans, and I had to teach classes as well, just like any other teacher at your elementary school or high school. <laughs> so I've done that job. I've seen what they had to do behind. Like I know the behind the back work that teachers do, mm-hmm. and I get that. Not just that, I'm also a mother. So I mean, at 18, I don't see any other mom, many around here and it's hard to be welcomed in the community, you could say. Like, I mean, I don't have many friends. I'm mainly just involved in the industry. So, I mean, I try to reach out to people and like, I mean, it doesn't work too well with like people in my own age group. So because I come off more of a mature person, and more of a business woman, people assume I'm older and people assume that I'm more mature. So they kind of place me in a larger age group bracket to communicate with.
1: It sounds quite functional. I think I've always sort of fit in with a slightly older You have. Crowd. I, tend to
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: tend to date older. I tend to just associate with older people more. I, I don't know. I never fit in with people my own age as much. And when I met you when
0: we first started communicating, I wouldn't have thought you were 18. So you do present yourself in a professional manner, which is good. Um, I always thought it was weird when I was starting doing the wedding business that I was being hired by people. I look older. I know I do. It's a running joke. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, But people would always be surprised and I'd be able to get away with it because there were people trusting a 21-year-old with thousands of dollars to do their to do their mm. wedding and documenting the most important um, kind of memories of their life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and some of them just through communication found out that I was considerably younger than they thought. I already had their money at that point, mm-hmm. but
2: yeah, <laughs> I did
0: find out I was younger. So there is a benefit to acting older when you're a, when you're an entrepreneur because you can be taken more seriously. I think. Mm -hmm. I
2: totally get that because there's people who want me to represent them as an agent, but I'm more into the coaching. I don't want to be an agent. I want to be like representing the people. I want to more so help them and train them so they can be on their own way and be their own business, be their own entrepreneur and take – control of their own career I want to help them I don't want to take control of it so when people come to me and say hey do you want to be my agent because I have people who do come to me from Toronto from Hamilton from the States who message me saying hey I want you to represent me or my child because I do have parents come to me as well because I do have parents who do trust me so I mean it's quite honoring that the fact that people want me to do this and that what I've accomplished at my age so I mean I'm quite happy but I mean I'm still willing to help them and I want to help them. That's one of the main things that I want to do with my company is just help other people get into the industry, whether it be modeling, dancing, singing, acting. I have connections to multiple parts of the industry now. From doing this, I started this at 15, so three years ago. Um, Which is
0: also impressive.
2: um, I've (laughs) self-managed myself since I was 15 modeling and then just started recently getting back into dancing and acting and vocals and i mean it's do i'm doing quite well and i'm quite surprised on what i've done
1: one thing that comes with the age i think a little bit when it when it comes to a lot of that stuff do you find that maybe there's a lot of parents that are harder on their children than perhaps they should be or they're pushing some kind of vision onto their children at all
2: i totally get that it's one of
1: the darker sides of things but yeah, my
2: my parents pushed me to do great. Like They wanted me to go through university. They wanted me to do really well and pass high school on time and go on a, the track they wanted me to go on. And I didn't exactly do what they did. I moved out at 16. I had my son at 17. I've been living on my own and I'm doing quite well and they're very surprised in how well I'm keeping myself. But they have to understand that they're also the ones who raised me to be the woman I am and to be the mindset that I have. Because if it wasn't for my parents, I wouldn't have this business mindset. Because neither, I found out recently that neither one of my parents completed high school. My mom thought she did after all these years, but it turns out she was missing her grade 12 English and she didn't even want to go to her graduation. So she didn't even go. So she found that she never graduated. And she worked in gas stations, and then she worked on a coffee truck, and then now she moved to Alberta, and now she's a manager at a Giant Tiger. So I've learned the business aspect from my mom, and I worked in gas stations when I was 15 to 17, and then now I'm recently working as a fry cook at a bowling alley. <laughs> it's
1: good to have some versatility in, in the jobs that you've had. I know younger people these days seem to have a long list of very like different jobs that they've had, because people are less so sticking to just one thing mm-hmm. which is, is both advantageous in that they have multiple skills but kind of you start from the bottom every time you go somewhere new so it can be mm-hmm. frustrating I would imagine
2: yeah I started with paper route at 12 years old yeah. I did that for three years
1: that's a good that's, start no it it is. It's, it's terrible money. I
2: hate to be fair I started in August so I was starting going into the winter yeah. and I had like uh, over 100 houses to do by myself and I did it Wednesdays and then Thursdays and then the Thursdays are like the papers that are like this yeah. thick. I don't so, know
1: how well they paid you, but it was not good. It was know. like a dollar a paper.
2: No, I made I think sixty-four dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was around. <laughs> and like I had 40 to work fifty bucks Um, a month. so sixty-four dollars a month, and I worked two days a week, so eight days out of the month hmm. for sixty-four dollars.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. One. And then, and then your hands are all coated in, like, the ink. The ink, ink, ink. yeah, <laughs>
2: in the newsprint.
1: Yeah, it just rubs off on all the door handles and yep. stuff in your hands. And
2: after the paper route I did, I worked at a gas station for six months, and then I transferred to another gas station for a year and a half. And then I left for maternity leave, and then I moved to Alberta, and then I... <laughs> Yeah, I moved to Alberta wow. in a lovely time, um, I flew there and then I ended up going homeless out there with my mom because a couple of situations happened with the landlord and then I ended up getting on a bus and at 35 weeks pregnant and bust back here for two and a half days. And then now I have my own apartment in St. Catharines and I'm doing quite well with my son and finishing school. I will be graduating this June. I'll be taking a year off and focusing on my modeling and my career and hopefully opening up my company and then officially. And then after that, I'm planning on going to either Niagara College or Humber College for business studies.
0: Well, you definitely have the the um drive Mm -hmm. the drive and the story that one day we'll be reading in a a business success book (laughs) um that that's a track what can you what (laughs) happened can i ask so it's always oh like the homelessness in alberta that sounds like a
2: what happened was we were living in a two-bedroom apartment in Alberta, and the landlord was an alcoholic. And The he...
0: best kind of landlord.
2: <laughs> but it was a landlord that lived upstairs, and we lived in the basement. The worst kind of landlord. <laughs> so one night, he came into my apartment like walked into my apartment drunk and I was just sitting on the couch with my boyfriend at the time and he grabbed me by my head and started shaking me. I was seven months pregnant at the time. It, it was scary, I had no idea who it was. I, at first glance, I thought it was my mom's boyfriend, but then I turned around and realized it wasn't him and I realized it was my landlord and I'm like, what the heck? So I, I was there like a deer in headlights, the two of us were. we had no idea what to do and I just let him walk And just go back out and shut the door. And then I ran into my mom's bedroom and told her what happened. And she went upstairs and he farted in her face. Yeah, disrespected. Yeah. And then we called the police. And in Alberta, it's not the police. It's the RCMP that show up.
0: Right, right.
2: So they showed up and they arrested him for assault and uh, break and enter. Hmm. And then so within 48 hours, we were moved out into a motorhome. So I was risk, I was realizing and facing the fact that I was going to have give birth to my son and we were going to be living in a motel because it was so hard because in Alberta they actually allow landlords to not allow children. That's really? abolished here in o- Ontario, but in Alberta you can have places and locations that don't allow children. So anybody under the age of 16 is not allowed to live in that place at all. So I would be allowed but as soon as my son was born they would kick us out.
1: It's a very strange thing. It is. It is in, very In Ontario tenants have all the rights you could possibly want. They mm-hmm. have the upper hand in almost every situation. That's absurd that they do that in alberta products.
2: laws are quite weird um very weird actually even, and even
1: strange stuff like just returns on water bottles and stuff seem, uh, seems if to you be a re- yeah, if
2: you return all your plastics and all your glass and everything they actually give you money in return yeah the only close thing we have that here is batteries
1: well you, but you <laughs> do pay a deposit on the plastics to begin with a
2: little know? well yeah. yeah but they only pay a five percent tax hmm.
1: yes the Instead taxes of- are much much lower
2: <laughs> a lot lower yeah. yes it's, it's
1: kind of like the wild west of Canada. The alone. school,
2: the schooling system there is weird as well because yeah. they don't count grade nine as high school. So all my grade nine credits when I went over there, they're like, okay, well, we can't count these. And I'm like, so what? I have to do another year of high school. And did you? I was back here before I even got the yeah. okay, That's good. And, and That's to, gradu- to graduate here, you have to have 30 credits. Yeah. To graduate in Alberta, you have to have 100 credits
1: totally different system of some kind so
2: each class is worth five credits or something I had no idea how it worked it was so confusing huh. to me I did not get it
1: both my uh, two of my co-workers that I work with everyday building houses come from Alberta so I've I heard a little bit and I guess Saskatchewan too but but yeah no it's, it's yeah. different there it That's is sure. extremely different I don't know. I don't think most of my friends don't envision moving out there unless some of them when I was in high school they left for like the oil sands mm-hmm. and stuff I, like that I had uh, friends that did the exact same thing and most of them
0: are still flourishing over there, but there's one that lost his job recently and is now facing the the issue of the fact that his job that was very cozy can no longer be done oh. by him and he's not sure if he's going to stay out there or move back to you know Tilsonburg, which... Mm-hmm. I don't know what's better, but I would still stay out there.
2: My I mom my mom moved out there because she was born out there, so she wanted to go back home. And since then, her health has very much improved. <laughs> really? Well, because I don't know what. Like, she had trouble breathing down here, and then when she went back, her breathing, different, she said she hasn't had any problems. It's because out there, or because we have a more moist air, and they yeah. have a more of a dry air. That's
1: a weird thing, too, that I've, I hear from my... Um my coworker is that he keeps saying like it's so much colder on certain days here. Cause you got sort of this chill from the dampness in the yes. air and they because, say that it yeah. doesn't exist out there. In
2: Alberta because they don't have the lakes or anything that are close condensed. So everything's all spread out. They don't have the cold moisture from mm-hmm. the waters that keep their air moist. So when they get cold, it's a dry cold. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot faster to get hypothermia <laughs> mm-hmm. from what I was told. But I don't I know may be wrong,
1: but I almost want to just go there just to see what that's like,
2: it's not bad, I drove through Jasper, it was That'd so be gorgeous, beautiful. it was yeah. so beautiful, we see all, a lot of animals like bears, um, buffalo, um, moose, it was so much fun, I it was a great trip. I
1: almost got stuck on a, well not stuck, but I almost got invited to a trip to the Silhouette. Glacier near Banff.
2: I actually was driving by there. My mom took a... So we were going to Kamloops on a road trip to go see my aunt that I think I met when I was a baby, but I've seen her once since. And then we took a huge detour through Banff just to see the glaciers. Mm -hmm. Sounds like
0: a worthy reason for a detour.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. I was supposed to go there to research lichens, but that didn't work (laughs) out. It was cheaper not to bring me there, obviously. So... But yeah. it looks it looks beautiful there. It yes. is gorgeous. Yeah, there's nothing like that really on Ontario. Although maybe I'm just used to it all.
2: Mm.
0: That's true. You go somewhere, you see it from a from a
1: um, tourist perspective. Tons of people come to Niagara Falls, I guess, <laughs> all the time, and just you know take pictures or bring their family, and they want to see the thing for their whole lives. And,
2: and we're all straight. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I can
0: appreciate the beauty of the falls, but when I go down there, it's either, uh there in the summer and there's too many people to actually enjoy the damn things. Or you go there in the winter and I actually find the, the winter falls to be
1: pretty because of the ice,
0: but then it's just fricking cold. Mm -hmm.
1: Kind of thinking about photography rules and all that around the falls, sort of jumping topics. Do you find it's different to um, model in say Toronto as opposed to here? Like, is there different rules about where you can shoot and, and, what you can do, I don't really know.
2: So in Toronto, it depends on the time and day, I guess. If because... you need
1: like a permit to do certain things. Or... No, I
2: don't even think because I, I haven't shot in Toronto much because I have a transportation issue because I don't drive okay. and I don't have enough money to pay go every single week to go back and forth with or without a Presto card. <laughs> and when I do shoot in Toronto, it could be location or it could be in a studio, usually it's studio. And, but when it comes to shooting on location, I wouldn't seem that it would be too difficult because I actually get to experience this in the Supermodel Canada competition, where we do get to go shoot on location in the summer. It's going to be really nice. I can't wait. I've seen clips and videos, so I've seen what they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And they're also, and like the one shoot they did, it was sponsored by HP. You know the, um, te- Packard, yeah. yeah, the technology company, and they did like a huge promo shoot for them. It was so cool. Huh. Interesting.
1: I know, I know in this region all the time because I used to walk around with a camera on my neck like every single day for about two years. <laughs> you get told to get out of a lot of places in this region. I'm just even walking through something as simple as a parking garage, security is just trained to just tell you no photos, get out of here with the camera.
2: Yeah, I haven't had that problem here in St. Catharines myself that I can remember but I've, ha- I've heard stories like the parking garage in St. Catharines. I've heard um, a photographer who had a model just standing on the one pillar and the security guard came by and they're like, hey, get off there. It's private property. Yeah. So she got off, stepped two. Steps forward so that they're no longer on the property and they continued shooting and he can't do anything. That's fair. So, I mean, I thought it was a funny story.
1: I think Montebello Park and...
2: They close at dusk. So, if you're shooting, like, after that. But I think you can shoot there during the day. I haven't seen any problems. You
0: are supposed to have a permit there if you're a
2: wedding. Oh, yeah. And
0: really, the permit for that is... uh, So, there's no other events that are going on and, and so
2: the public can't just like barge in as yeah, well. Yeah but uh, yeah. They d- can't
1: really close it off either. No.
0: Like no yeah. You can say, Oh, we have a permit, but unless once there's a permit you have somebody from like the the St Catherine's Parks and Rec or something, which I doubt that they do. Mm-hmm. Um it's probably just for the, the well being we have a a mutual a mutual acquaintance who booked a wedding at a park and they double booked it. So there was some sort of, I can't remember. I think it was like a reenactment or a tour or like walk of the park on the day of the wedding. And they had to fight to mm-hmm. keep their wedding area blocked off from people. And there's merit there. Like when we were shooting in Dominican. The, the ceremony space was blocked off by caution tape, which right off the bat, isn't the most beautiful in no, photos or video, not at all. but just, by that alone, you know, it's really beautiful uh, watching a, a bride who's just sun-kissed beautifully walk up to her her soon-to-be husband, and then in the background of the shot, you see two fat
1: people in Speedos in the background <laughs> taking pictures. That's what happens. Yes, yeah. I know. If you're dealing with a public space, then you gotta be prepared for all that. Although that's what Photoshop's for if you don't want people to intrude on your shots, I guess. Yes. Yeah, a little bit harder for video. No, it, yes. You're i feel sorry for you if you have to do something about that. Yes. <laughs> I, I love editing photos, and it's not too hard to deal with that kind of stuff. Do you want to edit 30 frames per second? No. It's uh, a living.
0: Do.
2: Um, I don't know how you, so you do it.
1: So you have a lot of photographer connections, I'd imagine. Oh, she yeah. just did a black
0: and white film shoot with Brian Caparici. Oh, he's doing the film stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: asked her about it because it's weird. Your face is popping up everywhere.
2: A little bit. Because...
0: <laughs> Uh, G3 photography just opened up a studio and then I saw her face there. (laughs) She was in the, she was in some Penn financial commercials done by Mitchell Riley pictures. And I saw her there (laughs) and then I'm checking Brian Caparicci's. Story on Instagram, and lo and behold, I see her. So then I message her, and I'm like, yeah. "What did you think of Brian Caprice?" So what do you think of Brian Caprice? I'm curious.
2: Oh, he's a great guy. Honestly, it, it was a great shoot. We How'd bonded. you connect? So he made that po- He made a post on the Niagara photographer model group, and he said he was looking for a model for a quick 30 minute shoot. And I jumped on it and was like, "Hey, let's shoot new photographer, new person, new connection." Turns out we have a lot of mutual friends mm-hmm. and. a um, um, he turns out he shares a birthday with my son. Oh. I thought that was quite funny.
1: Very well-respected photographer in the region. Criti- I don't think- Critically acclaimed. Yeah. I don't think we've ever said anything but positive things about him.
0: He is a business genius yeah. in the photography world. He has a... He's hopefully going to be on this podcast. Brian, hi. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> We're trying.
1: I... His schedule is hard. <laughs> I don't want to scare him away, but I do want to have one criticism as, as one thing that we've done. Okay. One thing about him. He's, he's an excellent photographer. I like all of his stuff. He's a but great. he's been on this film kick for a little while. And I, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm no film expert, but I had been shooting it for like many, many years prior to that because I also got on a film kick at some point. I think the way that he shoots film is different than the way he was doing his digital stuff. And I think... I don't know. I, I I want to ask him why it's so different because he just seems to just he he did a lot of like landscape stuff and just weird shots and it, it's very different from what he normally does. I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm he almost treats film as if it's an entirely different thing.
0: You're allowed to critique.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really have enough to say about it to really be on point with what I'm getting at. That's There's his shoot with her. Just swipe through the story. I He's haven't like even seen used, this one. Oh, <laughs> he uses a Rolleiflex. Uh, he just drips of yeah, money, though. Do you know how expensive oh. that camera is? So that's Michaela. That's, that's uh-huh. a good
2: shot. Oh, pretty.
0: I don't know what the legalities are on this. We but were shooting out
2: front of... Um... Do
0: you get these photos from him?
2: I haven't received them yet, but... But you I... will, right? Oh, yes, I will be. When you we get them, photos. can you
0: send them to me so I can put oh, them? Yeah. So that way the people...
1: That are listening can see yes is he darkroom processing like his own stuff or is he sending it out i, I
2: think, think he's darkrooming he is, himself yeah, yeah he's using his chair. bathroom hmm.
1: they, they come up pretty good
0: what do you think of my roloflex uh, black and white portraits. Of course he
1: has a freaking roloflex though that's like <laughs> i don't know how much of that particular one is but they range anywhere from a thousand to like two thousand dollars just for an old film camera but they're they're great cameras wish i could afford that was that a fun
2: shoot like it was a fun little shoot because it wasn't too cold And then, so I could... It's been a few nice days. It has been a few nice days. And I hope it stays. But I read the weather and it's not supposed to, I guess.
1: It's gloomy, but it's going up to like 13 degrees on Thursday. So spring is is peaking through. Spring is
0: sprunging. Spring is springing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how you
1: can word this right, but
0: it's always interesting. When, When Mikhail and I met, she made note of it. And she is a model that is breaking barriers because she's one of the first models I've met that is continuously able to get work while being under the height restriction that many modeling agencies have
2: yeah
1: what is this height restriction
0: you have five. to be tall to be a model
2: <laughs> yeah and I am not that um, so usually it's five seven um, most Which people push for top. five eight um, and I am actually sitting at five foot three I have been sitting at this height since I was 12. <laughs> so I don't believe I'm growing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Why
1: do you think the preferential treatment for taller models?
2: Um, actually there is a reason behind that is because when designers, um, make their clothes, they need to make sure that it's easy to like adjust when fitting models. So you want a taller model that's narrower. So it's easier for you to adjust fabric that's either going on the runway or going on shoot instead of like having to add or remove a bunch of fabric despite the height and the size that's the only reason why they have like specific requirements and why majority of the agencies don't allow lower than that height because it's hard to find fashion work so once you are under the 5'7 you're mainly glamour and glamour is not as good and there's not much paid work in glamour most of the paid work is either in um, erotica which is more so on the other side of glamour or the fashion and the creativity and all the other big stuff the agencies do I was just recently contacted by a couple agencies but once they found out my height they're like sorry we can't accept you because we don't we can't find any work that's that height. And I'm like, understandable. But I'm still breaking barriers. Like I said, <laughs> um, I am competing in the Supermodel Canada search competition, and that does have a height requirement of five foot seven. But I auditioned in person in Toronto back in July and they accepted me and I ended up moving on to the top 100 and they did a voting sequence for a month and I did recently receive an email stating that I was a finalist and I will be moving on in May to compete for three days with multiple candidates across Canada which makes me in the top 30 of the female category we helped by
0: posting her, <laughs> thank her, you her. and i
2: really appreciate <laughs> you posting it
0: um i do have to say at the very least you're you're shorter than average but your proportions as a person are on par with what i would say models are like you're
1: not it's, it's strange that it's so specifically typed i i don't know i don't know anything about really the fashion industry but it feels like there should be like a niche of every Fair. kind Mm-hmm. look at us every day it's i clear mean that neither of yes. us
0: know anything about oh, the fashion
1: industry. i i had to rush not to come here in just like dirty work clothes because <laughs> that's how it would have been <laughs> otherwise um when you're
0: dealing with uh supermodel searches or modeling agencies what's your what's your um your research like in the in the agency because i'm sure even you have heard of people getting ripped off by age by fake agencies yeah i've yeah. been in the mall and people are like oh you should model and I'm like you should get your eyes checked you just want my money <laughs> um do you do you research or
2: i do my research behind every casting every person that contacts me whether it's contacting me for myself or the models that i coach They, my models who also that I coach do come to me and say, hey, is this person reputable? And if I don't personally know, I do the research either online or I do my reference checks with other models that I've seen that's worked with them. So if I see a reputable model that's worked with them that I know only works with trusted photographers, I know that that photographer is trusted. So if I've worked with them, then I know that they could be trusted with my models. If I feel that I've had a good experience with them. So that goes for mo- Photographers that goes for makeup artists and hairstylists that goes for directors of creative teams and designers so I make sure that every situation that whether I'm being put in or any of the models that I coach are being put in or Is a safe environment for everybody?
0: I mean if only we had a a Short film that needs a bunch of teenage looking people that need to be cast we could Because uh... we do yes, we we know a, a modeling agency of people that do screen work. That makes sense.
1: I don't think it'd be too hard necessarily to find a bunch of teenagers to be in a. What do we? What what kind of genre is this? Uh, it's like a horror type genre. Horror comedy kind of horror. like. Dark Walk comedy.
2: into an acting high school, you'll find a bunch yeah. of them. <laughs> yes,
1: I, I spent a lot of times in the dramatic arts department, in what was Brock University, but then became the the downtown blanking on the name of it but anyways the um anyways the school so yeah there's a lot of very dramatic people looking for for jobs hungry for work oh yes Um, some of
0: them are quite good yeah and it's it's always fun you have a very realistic approach to your social media you and i've had conversations about it and you are a successful instagram model as well.
2: <laughs> i don't like being called an instagram model honestly okay you're a
0: successful model <laughs> there <who> we go <laughs> partakes in the social media
1: so, it, company known as instagram instagram model i guess has the connotation that it's like you are just for instagram okay, yeah i didn't i didn't mean it like oh that. i know that
2: i know you didn't it's just that's the only problem because people are like oh you just take photos for instagram no I do, I do them for magazines, I do them for clothing lines, I do them for, I work for fashion shows, I do commercials, like, if Instagram or Facebook would stop, then I would still continue my modeling work, I would still continue magazines, I would still continue fashion shows, because there's still email, there's still other modes of communication that's not Facebook or Instagram for modeling and for acting work, so I mean... I'm not going to stop if any social media dies. So that's why I don't like just putting myself into that category. Of course. Personally. (laughs) Just a personal preference.
0: Uh, Have you found a way to break the barrier and monetize yourself on Instagram or anything like that? Or is it just a marketing tool for you?
2: I use it more so as a marketing tool because I like the layout that Instagram has more so than the Facebook Pages app because I feel like the Facebook Pages app doesn't make much sense to use unless you actually, like, analyze it and use it constantly and you have multiple features that you're using, like, live and video and podcasts and... Hey,
0: speaking of podcasts, (laughs) this podcast is available on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, the Google... Play music store and iTunes. Apple Music
1: and also podcast.com.
2: Yes. Oh, for free. Interesting. Just I mean, saying.
1: We wouldn't get anything if we asked people to pay for it, so it's fine. Of course, it's free.
2: <laughs> that's so mean. No, know your worth. Honestly, that's one thing that I, I like to know and I like to say to people is know your worth. I see models that charge so little for themselves, or actors and people that charge so little for themselves, I'm like, what are you doing? Know your worth.
1: a photographer, the vast majority of models that have talked to me and contacted me have just basically been looking to trade time for photos. That's mm. pretty much... Those are
2: Instagram imagery. models or wannabe yes. models.
1: And and there's maybe like a 10% set of models that have actually been interested in paying for photos, which is nice, mm-hmm. but, but most don't want to.
2: See with me um i will be honest i've never paid a photographer at all in my three years of modeling ever since i started i never paid a photographer um, if i yeah. feel like i need a specific something for my per- for my portfolio yes i will consider paying a photographer if i want that specific photographer to do it then yes but When it comes to, I see other models coming around and being like, hey, you want to shoot? Hey, you want to shoot? Okay, what are you doing with the images? What's the plan? What's the mood? What's the theme? Like, what's the purpose? Are you just taking photos to post on your Facebook or your Instagram or... Are you using those photos for a storyboard? Are you using those photos for a photo essay or an editorial or a magazine? Like there's multiple things that you can do with the photos. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a professional manner, like a photo essay that's personal that you just want to post. That's amazing. That's kind of cool. That's journaling. That's adding something Mm -hmm. instead of just, Hey, here's a photo of me and posting it on my Instagram. Hey, here's a photo of me in this outfit. Post it on my Instagram. If you're doing it for specific clothing designs or specific designers, that's a different story. You're branding. But if it's literally you're putting on random clothes and you're going to go shoot somewhere, that's working with either you can't work with the professional or you can work with just the GWC, which is a guy with a camera. So, I mean... (laughs) there's multiple yeah there's multiple names that actually I like the acronym. yeah it's a nice acronym honestly it's not too bad <laughs> but on but i treat my career more like a business i don't treat it as a hobby because i've come too far and i put too much effort and time and i have put money into myself i have put money into traveling i have put money into my wardrobe and to things i need so i mean invest in yourself know your worth
0: but on the flip side, and this is this is mm-hmm. just a a defense, as a fellow business owner, I've invested my time and money and equipment and everything. So when we first got in touch, I did inquire like what your acting day rates are and whatnot, mm. and you gave pricing. Why? And it's just conversation, yep. right? Why do you feel that it's okay to charge for your time when you're not reciprocating by paying for the photographer's time who has spent years sometimes decades perfecting their craft
2: it, I feel like it depends on what's happening like if it's you asking me for something then I mean I feel like I should be paid but if it's me asking you for something I feel like oh, obviously oh. vice versa I should pay you so I mean it depends on what the situation is happening and what is the content that is being created is it benefiting me or is it benefiting you is it benefiting someone else is it someone else involved so I mean I feel like it's multiple factors that involve before who should be paying who, honestly. Perfect.
1: That's all of it. <laughs> it's a bit different because, I mean, most jobs, say, you build houses. It's pretty clear what direction the money goes. The person building the house gets paid by the person that wants the house or, or pretty much any other kind of transaction. But when it comes to art and it's two artists having an exchange, it's very different, it seems. Mm-hmm.
2: Or, yeah. I mean, if it adds to both people's portfolios I feel that it should be a collaboration
1: yes
2: if it's only benefiting one and the other is just doing something that they normally do then obviously there's something that needs to happen Mm -hmm. like that's where the law that's where the line draws if you feel like you're doing something that you normally do you're being asked something that you regularly do or you've done before obviously that you should be paid for that because you have experience in doing it depending on how much experience though like if you've done it like one or two times. And it's like for models, for instance, like if you only been modeling for like a month, I don't expect you to be charging anybody. Fair. To be fair. if it depend, and, and that goes for any genre that you're doing. If you've had training, that's a different story. If you have certificates and things to prove that you have model training and you have worked with so-and-so and so-and-so, then your worth and value goes up. But if you are just saying, hey, I want to do modeling, let's go do a shoot, that's an Instagram model, that's a wannabe, like that's, there is a fine line between social media model and the professional industry. And I trying to stay in the professional, but people kind of keep pushing me saying, oh, no, you're not. No, I do keep it for business. Like for instance, like the brand ambassadorships that, model, that people do on Instagram to make you an Instagram model, mm. I don't like them (laughs) as any model probably would say, because I don't feel that I should invest my money in someone else's brand. If you're coming to me saying that, Hey, I want you in my clothes kind of deal. That's fair. I, today alone, I was contacted by three brands saying, Hey, if I give you a discount code, sorry, I don't have the money for this right now. I have to, I'm a mom. I can't just drop money and be like, Hey, let me buy your $40 shirt. Yeah, Like, I'm not I'm, I don't understand the models or the people who drop their money for all these brands being like, "Oh, I'm a model for this brand and this brand and this brand. Oh, here's my percent code. I'm like, how much did you pay for that item? Mm-hmm. Okay? Any item that I have represented that I model that I have branded never once paid for. I don't feel like I should have to. If you want me to represent your brand, you want me to model for your company. I need some compensation in that. There's no reason that if you're coming to me, I should be paying you or I should be doing, giving you something for what you want from me. If you want me to work for you, where's my compensation out of that? Some- That's how I feel that anybody should take out of their career. Anybody, not just a model, but a photographer, for instance. So they do ambassadorships that I see that, hey, take photos for this brand or buy the item first or something like that. Like?
1: For, for photor- it's actually an odd parallel because for photographers, if you are an ambassador say of camera gear, like a Canon <laughs> ambassador or an icon Brian amb- ambassador, Caprici. that's almost one of the most prestigious things you can have bestowed upon you as a photographer. The only thing is you should exclusively use that brand, which is a limitation. but mm-hmm. at the same time, any photographer would gladly take some like to be the ambassador of a brand, I, I feel like anyway, so it's a little bit different.
2: I mean, it's di- like if they regularly use your photos and you're constantly getting credited for the use of your product, you I would, would understand. You would
1: be a very high tier photographer to get an ambassadorship with a brand for the most part. from yeah. At least from what I used to understand about it. some of the world's best. Would be so
2: I would list. understand that from a photographer perspective that that's probably true. Yeah. Model perspective. Yeah, it's, it's literally every next brand.
1: And it, it's strange too because some brands are very, very successful in marketing themselves. One, it's even creeped into my life, and I don't follow any fashion stuff exactly. But even just <laughs> other Instagram pages that I follow start pushing Fashionova and all these like different brands, and I see it constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems like there's money being spent on advertising or, or so something.
2: So because of those ambassadorships and people being like, oh, here's my discount code. Because they're buying the item, they have other people be using their code and it's marketing. It's kind of like how a Scents how Scentsy good at marketing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's kinda like how Scentsy and Norwax and all mm-hmm. those other brands work because you're using your company and you're recruiting others to sell your clothes at a discounted price or whatever. So it's that tree business perspective.
0: You brought up Sensi. It's off topic, but Sensi <laughs> marketing.
2: I have yes. so much Sensi at home. <laughs>
0: I like the product. It's a good oh, me too. I like the good. smell of the product. Mm-hmm. However,
1: I don't like the light bulbs that burn out.
0: Yes. <laughs> However, I was recently found out that in order to print anything for Sensi, you need to go to a Sensi approved printer. So if you're doing business cards as a Sensi rep, you have to go through a Sensi approved printer.
2: Oh, god, that's now, too much business work.
0: <laughs> I thought that was interesting because that means that the printers obviously have to be approved through some sort of process, obviously. So I inquired and I had a mutual, or I had a friend Sensi rep try to get in touch and they failed to do so. So I went on my own and I contacted the company and within three minutes, I got a reply back. Oh, wow. I can't. I'm thinking, well, this is odd because nobody <laughs> is minutes. that excited to talk to a printer. <laughs> so the first thing they asked was, do you know or do you have any immediate family that is working for Sensi?" I said, no, not that I am aware of. Um, and after that, that's when they let the bombshell go. Sensi charges the um sensi certified printers a fee to be a sensi certified printer yes. so minimum they'll charge a hundred dollars a month to be a printer and there's nothing in it the only thing that i would get as a sensi certified printers i would get the proper printable sensi logos now a hundred dollars a month wouldn't have been that bad if they gave me the contact list of every Sensi rep in Niagara.
1: That's a decent list. Then you could go through and... You could
0: go and say, hey, we're your new Sensi certified printer. They don't give you that. So I have to pay $100 a month...
2: And then do your own research. ...to just
0: exist. And then on top of that, they take... I forget what the number was, but I'm pretty sure it was like a 35% commission on every sale that you make... Through their Sensi people.
2: That's a red bomb I'm sorry. I wouldn't. I don't like that.
0: And that is why there's no Sensi certified printers in Niagara. I, I couldn't believe
1: it. I was. I've seen Sensi business cards. So I I wonder if there's some under the table. There is.
0: We have a friend who designed Sensi stuff for a Sensi rep, and she is not Sensi certified. I know this for a fact. So,
2: Sensi, name <laughs>
0: you're idiots. We would have at least did high quality stuff for you.
1: True. Sure, okay. I'm gonna Although, tag Sensi for all of the people like us. There's a bunch of hacks that would probably make really bad looking business cards. Yes,
2: I like VistaPrint. That's what I've used.
0: Pretty reputable company. Well, you uh, should. Uh, you should uh, Hey,
2: I just saw your ad yeah. today, so I'm tra- kind of probably switching over.
1: It's a good idea. I give you some <laughs> marketing stuff. Having graphic design elements and stuff like business cards or other promotional materials nice cuz you can really customize stuff.
2: Oh, yes. I
0: realized it was it was an it was a business decision. Um, we deal with clients who come to us for expensive products. We de- we're dealing with some businesses that don't want to be hounded uh few times a week on sales and whatnot. Vistaprint, their model, I I used to use Vistaprint for my personal like business stuff and I get like three emails a week from them. I know. Most I still do. Business people don't necessarily want that. So that's why we made the decision to do an offshoot Facebook page so that way we can actually post sales and whatnot without alienating uh wedding clients or stuff people like that. And then we can post sales that have nothing to do with photography as well and kind of grow a separate brand. That's just an offshoot, which I think makes sense. And Uh then the website, which is getting redesigned, is going to have three or four distinct features or four distinct sectors, one being weddings then portraits and then commercial, then printing products.
1: It's diversifying, having multiple things that you do and are talented at so you can, I guess, expand the, where you get revenue from. Uh So yeah. I'll give you a brochure. You can be a mm-hmm. DH Media Printing and Promo Company ambassador. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so,
1: <laughs> I, I think the word ambassador is going to get overused if it's if it's becoming such a problem. No, you know, I wouldn't ask you to be an ambassador, but I would like your business because we could do some good stuff together.
2: Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instagram is definitely my favorite. Social media type platform. It's addicting. I'd,
2: and it's, there's a problem I have with some. What's your problem with Instagram? I oh, can't a big use problem. them on desktop. Yes, is, actually, you're right. You can't post, and you cannot do messages through desktop Which on is Instagram. The
1: biggest issue I have. It is a big issue. First. The reason I didn't even use Instagram, I think, until like 2014, maybe, is because all of the photos I took were on my desktop, and and it's a yep. hassle because now the only way that I I can do it, and I do time to time, do it. Is transfer all of my photos, photos. to my phone. You and want, it's I do now. So it's such I a do. management so nightmare. Often.
0: I've got a better idea for you now, Eric. What's that? Upload all the photos you want to the NAS. You have the NAS, NAS app it on your phone. You can post home, directly to, and then you can just download from the NAS and go that way. That's what I'm handling. Oh like no, DH that's not animals. any.
1: That's not any easier. The the issue with that is that well, a I desktop like computer is set up to be a very efficient file managing system for the way we work with photos. We have Lightroom catalogs and we have. Just folders designated with stuff. It's terabytes so much, and terabytes. So much easier to mm-hmm. post
2: there.
1: But from a phone, it gets ridiculous. And every time you post a photo, there's a separate version of the photo yes. now. Yes, a compressed version that Instagram has. And it just gets cluttered. So yeah, I, I actually cool. totally agree. with yeah. Why
0: do you think Instagram does that? though?
1: To keep. I don't know. I don't. Maybe there's a way of blocking ads. No, you, you can't block ads in the app. I don't think. But on a desktop, you would be able to. So I'm not maybe. sure. Maybe.
0: I like because I, I do go to the actual desktop website of Instagram sometimes to look through photos, and sometimes I like the it website it it's looks just okay. it needs I think eventually you'll probably be able to I'm sure the CEO of Instagram, which is now consequently what the CEO of Facebook yes I'm sure they have said why you can only use it on your phone because I'm sure originally it was solely for mobile photos, right? That was the whole point. Maybe
1: it's just easier to develop Insta, for only yeah. mobile. Right. Insta, yeah. Like, Insta photos. I miss the old Instagram icon. That's, I don't know.
2: The, the rainbow?
1: It. Yeah, it was the, the brown, the brown thing camera with the, the rainbow, Polaroid kind of looking. Yeah. thing.
0: I, I had said, like, I find it to be the most um, rewarding bit of social media, because you can't on Facebook get people to like a post fifty times. No. But on Instagram you can and it's very attainable to do that.
2: Uh depending. I mean I have over five thousand people that follow me on Instagram. I can't get over like hundred and twenty five likes and well, you if, can,
1: but you don't like doing that. No, because about.
2: oh my God, there's a whole other factor You to push to that
1: a ton of hashtags mostly No, no it's Not for no,
0: her.
2: No, not me. No. Wait, even, no, before no. you even say it, <laughs> let's think
0: about it. Let's Eric, think like a model for a second. What can a model do Do. to guarantee more likes?
2: Guarantee likes. What she at the post?
1: Seductive. material. There you (laughs) go. It it, it makes sense.
2: I hate it. I don't do it. I don't like it. No. Mm. Like even just unclothing. Like just in like bikinis or just like anything in that sort. just gets more likes.
0: You go through her feed and the ones where she's dressed uniquely. Like when we met she had just completed a steampunk shoot. Which looked really cool. Not as many likes as...
1: Some very scantily clad photos i I mm-hmm. don't know if that's ever really going to change there's no, human no nature at the core of it, and just people are you know of all varying levels of intelligence can all agree on one thing it's they kind of like the seductive nature of many different types of modeling shoots and all all that stuff, even when I take off my shirt and a few Instagram photos, it sometimes works better. There's a Not problem that
2: I've seen people like selfies more than professionally taken images or cell phones really. I have seen selfies get more and more more likes than professionally taken images.
1: In in the case of my Instagram, I don't think that's true, but I don't really take very Well, when
2: it comes to a model's perspective or, like, a female perspective in general, like, if you've taken, like, a sexy selfie or just a selfie that makes you look better mm-hmm. than what, what your professional looks, then people are just going to like those.
1: Maybe there's a sense of... Um authenticity to it as well where it's just you. the model and the yeah. camera and it's not this, there's not this layer in between of, you know, was what's photoshopped, what's going on, this is a professional thing, it's not as, as personal maybe
2: mm-hmm.
0: my personal Instagram photo doesn't have any selfies so I can't even say yeah, that's true, you don't have any selfies
2: I don't have any selfies, I have any selfies in one I, either I'm trying I to find to.
0: one, it's all, oh that's a selfie that's the three of us, that's at, at not, thing, not super liked, no
1: I don't like get more likes my selfies Although... although, Justin takes a lot of selfies.
0: Yeah, Justin,
1: my videographer,
0: exclusively is a selfie person. So he has 1,100 fans, and he... Does well with selfies. ...on selfies that are actual selfies, not me testing lights, averages. Where the hell are your selfies now? Um, Lower than I thought, actually. That's 40. That's 20. But he, he... He is a Instagram
1: fiend. So, um, seems like Instagram is the only place left for the most part that's just photos exclusive because the Flickr was pretty big, maybe like six, seven years ago.
2: I hated Flickr. You couldn't download images properly. No. I, I. It took a, it took a little, like, I don't know, there's a little trick that I had to do, like. Log into like a specific browser or something. I forget what it was. It was a lot about
1: the photographers' rights, so it probably didn't let you download just because copyright. Yeah, YouTube no, like stuff. there
2: was some ways that were letting me, and then some that yeah. were weren't. Some
1: some had that uh, would reserve their all rights reserved, and some would just be Creative Commons and things like that. But it was very much geared towards photographers. Like you could uh, upload full resolution photos, and it looked they looked really good. Mm-hmm. The interface was it was okay for its time.
0: Never use Flickr. It's not popular anymore. Well, that's why I never used it. Probably I, I never. I told the story in the podcast. I've before. been on your Flickr. That's probably the first and last Flickr I was on.
1: <laughs> I, I had a microcosm of fame on Flickr because I bought a camera right around the time a camera came out, and when people were reviewing it, it wasn't even available in Canada yet. I ordered it from the states, and people used my photos in the you reviews. Felt like a badass. So I got. I have like across a set of like ten photos, probably like. Five million views.
2: No. Nice. And I don't.
1: It means nothing because nobody commented. Nobody engaged <laughs> them. But I was like, I just started doing photography. I'm like,
2: how did this? Happen? How did this? Yeah. yeah.
1: Never came back. I mean, I, you. It still was better than Instagram. I could easily get like.
2: Instagram over a quality more. is terrible. It is
1: terrible. I just get like a thousand.
2: Facebook quality is worse though. Likes.
0: Instagram is weird because I can't. Like they they obviously don't say what is going to work but there have been some crappier photos that just do so much better than like say the best of the best of our photos some of them do well and then some of them are like well i'm just going to delete this because the stars were not in alignment today but a lot of it is just i guess random timing because i'm trying now that i have more time to pay attention to the peak times of when our followers are online and that sometimes works but then also, the hashtag game, if you read yeah, articles fun. online, people are like, you should do as many as you can.
2: Yeah, but Instagram only allows 30.
1: Yes, but that's still that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, if you fill the entire description hey. with hashtags, and you can comment them too below.
2: It, yeah, but the but commenting then it just, it part. If you comment too many, you get, you get uh, ghost, uh, shadow ghosted. Yeah. I don't know if you know what that means. Yes. Okay. Just
1: people, you can see it, but nobody else can see what you've written basically yeah on the uh
2: hashtag like if you it doesn't show up on the hashtag or anything yeah
0: so it's it's a very interesting game and then there's just there's so many people that most of the time when people like or follow us rather i do always try to check them out to try to see if this is just going to be somebody who quickly follows and then disappears it's a lot of follow for follow on instagram do you want to take a pause
2: no it's just my mom okay (laughs) I'll call her later, and then she'll yeah. see this video, and she'll be like, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> Hi, Michaela's <Hi>, mom. mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're calling right now. Um, but I, I haven't been able to kind of go broke. fine. <sighs> haven't been able to figure out or nail the exact equation because photos can do really well, but sometimes you don't get followers, and then sometimes a ton of people. I just don't get it. I don't. I haven't. I've sat down and I've tried to figure out what does well
1: but there's... As time goes on I'm considering it to be less and less important for certain things about social media and I kind of like the attitude of just I'm going to do what I'm going to do regardless of if I promote myself on social media if you know these platforms just went away it mm. could still exist yeah. I mean all of this stuff like modeling and even like the, you know, all this wedding photography industry that all existed long before social media it it did, but it, it's very interesting
0: because we know of some photographers that solely get their business off of Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to know if they could have existed before or if they were able to find a niche and they've worked Would there. Would there be
2: as many photographers and models and people striving for that area? Social media didn't exist as much.
1: Probably not. I mean, it's more accessible. I mean, anybody can have a camera. Yeah, it's
2: more exa- exactly and like a... any and any iPhone can do almost as good as a good as a professional camera. Like I mean, I've seen great iPhone photos, mm-hmm. but I mean it's
1: it's a lot. It's a lot of the effort. Like most of those, most designing a set and the clothes and all since sorts we're of talking stuff. Talking about social media, Are we <laughs> take a selfie. Oh, lovely. Here, I'm barely in the photo. It's okay. Wait,
0: here we go. There we go. We'll post it to the page later and maybe get like
1: one like we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a test of the theory about likes of selfies.
0: Anyway. Um, no, the, the cost entry to be a business owner uh, nowadays is so much lower. Like there's a ton of photographers that operate solely on Facebook mm. and it bothers me because it doesn't cost anything to have a business page. Now that I say that out loud, maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be good if it did. Even a small fee to be a business on Facebook would weed out a lot of them.
2: Well, any of the promotions or the ads you want to put out, you got to pay for
0: But you don't need to. For years, we were able to operate mostly successful with no paid advertising. Mm -hmm. And then now we've got into it and we've had better success in certain areas. Um... I've never had anybody book a wedding off of an advertisement, so I don't think that most people are sitting on Facebook thinking I can't wait to see all the wedding videographer ads on Facebook no, because That's every, how I'm book. You know
2: what it is? I find that anybody who's looking for weddings They do post on Facebook, but either they're posting to their friends or like I see a bunch in like mom groups Oh and yes, stuff, I know, I'm on those mom babies. groups yeah.
0: I am there and oh, I know, and oh you,
2: or I'm beating you, tagging you. Yeah, in Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm there
0: because I, I see you like everything I say. I appreciate that. We
2: uh, hey, we always call have you guys, to engage in everybody else's. That's what I do. I engage with everybody else's social media post. So it builds them up. Like people don't understand how much just liking and a small comment on your friend's stuff actually oh, builds a lot. People don't realize that. And I did
0: a I did a workshop with somebody and. He had said, basically, if you run your business right, there's no shortage of money in the world. I mean, technically, eventually, like, you get to a grand scale. Yes, there is a shortage of money. But there's realistically no shortage of money. Like, everybody, if they do it right, can run a successful business.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I learned over the years that being, I mean, when I started out, there was a small ego, but it wasn't a deserved ego. And now there's not. But i went to competitors who i might not have been the most polite to and i apologized and just said i I was a young guy and there's enough money to go around like on the wedding side of things the wedding industry is a 4.3 billion dollar industry in canada bigger in the states and then when you assume that most people spend a good like 25 sometimes percent on their photo and video yeah, that's over a billion dollars. That's that's a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. more than enough
1: for everybody to survive. And I think the modeling and fashion industry is much bigger. Bigger, so
2: yeah, it is because it keeps growing because there's always new fashion fads coming out. But and there's always the next new face. That's the other thing. But the next new face that's five foot seven, five foot eight. That's the problem.
0: Well, just tell your photographers to shoot
2: lower. No, tall. yeah, just Ooh. do a better angle. Like, make sure I'm just in heels and just make me look tall. It's like, I mean, I do tend to look tall in my photos. People do are very surprised. Because it's
0: proportional.
2: Me. Yeah, it's very proportional.
0: I do right. have to ask. I know you've shared some stories, but I always find it intriguing. Without mentioning names, because we don't like doing that. Nope. You have dealt with more photographers on a professional level than I ever have. <laughs> you have to have some horrible stories. Um, or some interesting stories. I don't want to go...
2: I've had yeah. interesting stories. I mean I've had a photographer message me like off social media asking me to come over and get lucky even though I'm underage. And they That's mentioned a al-
1: bad move.
2: They mentioned alcohol. Uh-huh. And I was eighteen when they did this. And they then I mentioned, Well, I have my I have my kid and then they're like, Oh, well they can sleep and I'm like, excuse me. I haven't worked with that photographer since. I've associated with them. I've talked with them, but I don't think I will shoot with them because I, no. I've seen other people that worked with me that left, like either my team or whether they just stopped talking to me or whatever. I see them work with all these other people that don't work with me anymore. And it's like, oh, it's interesting because I love the work that they're producing. And it looks so good, and I'm like, oh, wish I could do that still. But I'm like, I just don't want to put myself in a position like that to be personal.
1: Kind of, it, it's good to have a sort of set of guidelines you want to follow, whether it be moral, ethical, or anything like that. But like, if it's something is a no-go zone for like who you would work with, then it's good just to
2: exactly honestly like that's what i do i i do screen anybody i've worked with or any person that i had bad experience with like (laughs) like that's why i want to help others because there's a bunch of people that want to get in this industry and there's people that have the drive and to have the determination to do it. And I want to work with those people. I want to be the one that helped them through what they want to go through. So they can be like, hey, yeah, she helped me. And that's what I want to be known for, someone that's helping. Like, I don't want to like demand everybody for money. I don't want to like say, hey, like make sure that my name's on that or whatever. No, I want to help. I want to grow other people and promote other people in Make sure that everybody's working in a safe environment because I don't want anybody else getting hurt or anybody else getting taken and all the lovely old another child missing in Niagara. I don't want that because that's why I do the screening because there's people that are being scammed and saying, hey, come do this modeling gig. And lo and behold, you never see them again and that's terrifying i've had those no pe- i've had out. those contacting me and i sc- and yeah, i'm I've like seen, no i ex- I I've know seen the scans.
0: screenshots of mm-hmm. contact or conversations with people saying they're with an agency or something like that and it turns out to be a scammy. yeah scamming Deer agencies scammy.
2: are terrible i've i've yeah. seen them they've contacted me i've seen other people contact them i've been with i have friends that have been with these agencies and they're like yeah they scam me on my money i'm like Wish you talked to me, cause I already um, knew about them.
1: There's almost a social awareness that's coming about, though. Like on Facebook, I've had people message all the members of like group, some, like a buy and sell group or, or whatever group it is, and they will message everybody and say that this person is scamming people or these people mm-hmm. are scamming people. Watch out for this. Watch out for yeah. that. And it's people are sort of teaming up. They're sort of fighting back against it. It's it's interesting.
2: Like, it's kind of misleading because I hear about some agencies being scams and then I see good things out of them. So I'm like, I I hear the scam and I've seen the scam, but I also see the good side that I'm -hmm. like, huh, I'd be a person they scam because I'm not the height that they want. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking. They try to go for the girls that are wanting to do that and are not exactly the height or what they're exactly looking for. And they just make them think they are. And that's where the scam comes in. And it's like, it's ridiculous. There's, I don't, I know of like, for sure, of like two or three, I'm not gonna name them, but I mean, of course not. I don't know. Um, but I mean, I just, if I see people who are being contacted with them, I totally give them my input, but I'm just letting them know that's my input that uh, what I've heard from the industry and what I've researched. So it may not be factual. So, I mean, do your own research as well, but it's always good to get references.
1: Pretty much any aspect of someone's life can be benefited by fact-checking. I mean, well, yes. I come from a sciences background where that's pretty much the entire entirety of the job. But yeah, no, fact-checking everything. Don't believe everything you see online. I mean, there's a lot of... I feel like a lot of the elderly and older people sort of get tricked into stuff too. But, but it goes to show a lot of young people that are maybe a little bit desperate to get into an industry or, or they just want to start something new definitely could be taken advantage of by others in this world Mm -hmm. little bleak but i'm sure there's lots of good to go with all the bad too lots Mm. of people that do good work and and actually want to work with people and give them a fair i like
2: people who are determined i like people who want to be involved who want to make make a product not just continue like something they want to lead on or something like going back to the instagram model thing like i, I don't want to work with instagram models i don't want to work with someone who just wants to put photos on instagram or someone who just wants to take a photo for this do no.
1: you think that maybe they just don't have the right aspirations yet and they don't know what can be achieved they don't
2: i don't think they know what their what the industry actually is i don't think people have a proper mindset on what they're getting into when they say oh i'm a model because people just assume, oh, I'm taking photos of me in clothing and I can post on Instagram and there we so go. So you think
1: that's maybe a little bit insulting to the rest of the models? It really is. Yeah.
2: Honestly, um, we've put in hard work. we put in tears. we put in early mornings, late nights, overnights, no sleep, like multiple nights of sleeping with your makeup on your face, <laughs> like working the next day with the same makeup on just to... Adjustments and like is the multiple things that we've done and that we work that we deal with that Instagram models don't understand like they may feel like oh we're doing the same thing, but No, you're not really you actually have to make sure that you're doing a, something. That's you're following a direction You're following a blueprint. You're following someone else's vision. You're not following your own which is what the difference is
0: there might be a another similarity there Um I mean, you. there are definite arguments to the fact that the Instagram models versus the traditional, uh, like, print models are two different beasts. Because there are very successful models that just operate on Instagram that make a living. So you can't necessarily bash them for doing that. But then also, on the flip side, we deal with that as well. Like, you have the people that put in the long hours, run a proper business, and then there are the people that, I mean you could even just use instagram as an example there are photographers that are just on instagram and
1: yeah. that's how they book 25 dollar mm-hmm. photo shoots i was gonna say also they undercut everybody yes it's not good for photographers because then people say ah oh, this photographer ripped me off i the photography industry in the, general
2: which has, is where the word which is where the acronym gwc comes in yeah camera
1: the camera i like it i'm liking it more. what other more. acronyms are there
2: on the top of my head I can't even think of any oh I guess technically I don't know if you, uh, there's a, another word it's called togs which is photographers oh, yeah. so I don't know if you guys knew that like okay. there's another one I Ranger kind uses of throw that around. a lot YouTube <laughs>
1: photographer guy with a camera <laughs> I, I like that term. and I, I should add George Carlin would roll in his grave and I would to be fair say that it's not an acronym because you can't say it like a word
2: if you're working with a photographer that doesn't have their own lights, they're not a photographer.
1: <laughs> they ask some models to bring the lights? On. No,
2: like I see I see people are like, oh, let's go do a shoot. And they only do on location shoots and they don't and own they... any equipment whatsoever besides the camera. Not even another lens, just the camera. But
1: they're skilled natural light photographer yeah no you you need something you need yeah even if you're outside you should have reflectors or or if
2: you're a photographer i'm i'm gonna say this you're gonna have at least more than one lens at two at least likely likely exactly unless you
1: have a very specific type of photography in in which i can see some
2: but i would i would imagine that like you would have more equipment than just that camera that's what i mean like i see six lenses five cameras and partridge in a pear tree
1: we, we got equipment in every closet and every <laughs> yes hiding up.
2: oh yeah but like i mean that's what it, i mean i don't understand the girls who just i don't see how they build so much too like it it has something to do with just the way they look honestly it looks have a huge factor in everything and that's probably mm. why i don't get as much because personally i don't feel like i'm as good looking, because I was grow, because growing up I was bullied for looking like a boy.
0: I've seen that on
2: Facebook. <laughs> you used
0: to have really short hair. I had too, a though, buzz right? cut, yes. But that very was much because the of the cadets, of right? Very,
2: yes, no. um, I shaved my head when I was younger because I had a really bad case of headlights Okay, and oh, then
0: she said her hair has measured to be thirty inches as of today. As long. of today,
2: it is thirty inches long. <laughs> All natural, never died My
1: hair has grown in my life. <laughs> My hair grows quite rapidly, which is why it's usually just sticking straight up. (laughs)
0: This podcast in general, if you look throughout all 55 episodes, it's just a mix of Jesse and Eric getting longer
1: hair and not shaving for long periods of time. (laughs) Pretty much. Which is interesting in itself. The cadets is kind of interesting. I I mean, I was in army cadets as a kid and it was everybody rips on each other's cadets. Yes, we do. We made fun of yes, the air cadets. all we do. I was long. in scouts. Although the
2: Oh my god, scouts don't even put them in this equation, please. <laughs>
1: it, it is very true that I think the biggest thing <laughs> you can <laughs> take away from it <laughs> is the organization because it's very structured. It's changed.
2: And, it is so changed since since I've left. Yeah. I left about 2 years ago and it's it's oh. changed. And, I, no, I, two I, yeah, 2 years ago. It's it's not the same and they've gone soft. It, it's really soft
1: i i we used to do winter camping it was like negative that's not an existing thing it's outside. way
2: too cold way too cold for oh, us we're not it allowed it's so good you wake <gasps> it's up it's so much fun they hearing... had
1: like steel bed frames and like you if you fell asleep and you your arm fell out and like touched the steel you'd wake up with like frostbite on your hand yeah. hey. <laughs>
0: how come scouts aren't in that equation <laughs> because Cause i did winter camping too and i wasn't in scouts canada we were in the traditional Baden Powell Scouting Association. We wore the Stetsons. We did we did archery. We did winter camping. We did everything. What was the age
2: group? Hmm? What was the age group? Well,
0: I did it from
2: Were you allowed to shoot real guns? Oh we did. Oh you did? Yeah. Oh.
0: So screw you guys.
2: <laughs> it was
0: I it's did because winter
2: camping. I we never slept ran in a the metal Canadian bed. in military. military. Hmm? It's because we're ran by the Canadian military. Yeah. There's a bunch, of,
1: don't a bunch of rules that sort of um, seem to intervene because they don't want, like, child soldiers, so there's weird boundaries in what they can and can't I
2: do. don't believe in child... That was the main thing that was yelled at us when we were doing tagging. <laughs> Tag days, those are fun.
1: They, they let you shoot guns, but they wouldn't let you go paintballing because it's, like, simulated battle. In the they won't love that. And, um,
2: and when it comes to the guns, it's airsoft. Airsoft pump. Oh, okay. They don't do the twenty twos no. or the three oh threes or anything like that. I got to shoot three oh threes when I was training on and Ceremonial, but uh, we were shooting blanks.
1: So. Oh, okay. That's
2: the three hundred three the cool. was yeah. what I got to fire. Yeah, the old Le I love Le Ross
1: Rifle's not so safe. They have the straight bolt that can fly back yeah. in, the, in the eye. Not good. Very yeah. poor Quebec design. Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do most of my shooting from cadets because I just grew up with a family that hunted. So.
2: I did only my shooting through cadets, and like I, when I joined, they're like, "Oh, join the range team." I'm like, "Okay." I ended up placing twelfth in my first year. Pretty good. I'm surprised. And so that, in other words, don't screw with you. <laughs> oh, I left. Uh, by the time I was fifteen, I had I think fifteen. I had the distinctive no, not distinctive, distinguished Level marksmanship, which is I think shooting a grouping about that big. Which is a grouping of five.
1: How, how many yards?
2: Um, I think it was like only like ten meters. It wasn't. That oh,
1: okay. That's not so bad. It's not too. Bad. I, can, I can hit a grouping more. about the size of a quarter at about fifty yards if I really try. Mm-hmm. Not standing upright. That's that's. Too
2: I've hard. done standing. I've done kneeling. I've done prone, and yeah. I've trained in multiple different. The
1: the Olympic style shooting stance has never really sat too well with me. I know people are really good at it, but I have not yet mastered it it's not too
2: bad as long as you can hold yourself up like it's mainly your upper body
1: yes it's just an awkward position you kind of feel like you're leaning back on yourself and it's it's hard to get used to but oh
2: yes it very much is
1: used to sort of just as a kid i would go hunting with my dad and it's just whatever position you're standing in and, and that's about it
2: when i was younger i was when i was in cadets um originally um they were having me train for biathlon because cool. I was a, I was a good marksman and I was a quick like I could quick scope and I could shoot very accurately in a short time, like when we were in competition, we had um, twenty rounds to sh- uh, twenty rounds to fire and they give you like a good like I think forty minutes or whatever and as you or longer than that I forget what it was and you're supposed to take at least like thirty like. A minute or so for each like uh, round, like to think, process, seems and a little bit. it seems like a On long. the same target, yeah, like no, like multiple targets. Okay. So like the competition rounds, so we had like two targets of ten, and you had to shoot twenty different rounds. So they give you enough time. I shot my twenty rounds and uh, very accurate actually in eighteen minutes. I was the first one done, and, like, everyone was firing for another, like... I swear I sat there for a good half hour. That was brutal. It was brutal. (laughs) And I don't... I think I placed in the top 15 that year, too, again.
1: I would be interested in in looking... I mean, one day I'll have kids. I would be interested in seeing what cadets has become at this point i know I'm that sure scouts canada has oh, so went to shit
2: uh, so the cadets
0: not that i was in scouts canada but by the time i was old enough to be in the the british equivalent like they had got rid of uniforms which was a big thing traditionally in scouting mm-hmm. right uniform um, and there, there was just a bunch of other changes they didn't really camp or anything like that so they just it just became a like a since most of the time they would take place in church, it just became a non-religious church group almost. So that's why I liked the more traditional side of things. But I do have a question about the cadets. What was the end goal? Like in scouts, there's nothing we could like go to, but it gets run, as you said, kind of by the Canadian military. So were they training children to eventually,
2: So, like, what the, was the goal? So the air cadet model is to um, learn to serve to advance. And you um, retire at the age of 19. I ended up retiring at 16. Um, But the main goal is for air specifically, most people tend to go to the flying courses and get their gliders and their wings and whatnot. For Army cadets, I see more para and more people moving into the military going through Army cadets. Same thing with air. With air, I find they teach more leadership and more commanding than the other two elements. And then with C I don't I don't know much on C cadets, but I know they have um you can get your scuba diving license through them. That's one thing I learned. And your sailing license <laughs> I, and I guess all that. If they're stuff. paying
1: for it, that's great. I'm... Which is
2: the same thing with the pilot's license and the same yeah. thing with the para.
1: It's, I've been scuba diving since about the age of 12, but. Never been. It's it's pretty good. I don't do it as much now. I think I destroyed part of my sinuses. So I just get a massive headache. Oh. But it's it's cool. I, I love snorkeling at the very least. Mm hmm. He's been chased by fish. <laughs> yeah. But
2: I see, like. <laughs> the main goal for cadets is to become a good. I would just say, like, a proper citizen of society. Because, I mean, it's just. I, I like the program and I don't think it doesn't promote you to move into the military it would love for, like it's a great start for recruitment and whatnot it teaches It's a good It'd preparation, it. It it. A good preparation. Mm. but then when you if you were to move on to the uh, military some I hear from my friends who have moved on that it's a little like it's not frowned upon exactly but like I see people like getting like picked on or whatever just for being in cadets then moving on hey, to the military i was picked
0: on because i was in SCEV, so I the exact same thing
2: <laughs>
0: once again picked on tonight it's been the first time in years <laughs> it was fun it doesn't matter i'm an upstanding citizen so it worked um
2: i mean i hope i am i'm helping others so that's what i'm trying to do
0: <laughs> i think it's very, I, I don't know what the statistics are, but it seems as though because there's so many different types of businesses to be in. Years ago, if you wanted to be a a, a um, like turnkey entrepreneur, you'd sell Tupperware. Yeah. And thankfully, that's not the only option now. You can sell Sensi. Yeah. But there's real guts and courage to be an actual independent entrepreneur because while there are sensei reps and they do work for themselves and based on the the tax situation they are completely self-employed so yes they are entrepreneurs when you are peddling a product that you are making that you are creating that has no um outside existence outside of you you're you are a upstanding member of society and you are living the canadian
1: dream so you just have to keep plugging at it and... yeah that's it's a fairly positive note i feel like almost that's where we should wrap up because it's so culminating <laughs> it's true um I don't, I don't know
0: if i want to keep talking no okay yeah. fine you just have to you just have to keep up keep it up and we'll hear from you there'll be a book I want to hear about homelessness in Alberta. Maybe we'll have you back on and it'll be a, a totally different story to tell. We, oh. should, get, we should do a like roundtable with different guests that we've had. We've talked about it. Try to yeah. mix and match. Yeah. But now we're talking. So have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Say goodbye. Um,
2: See you. Bye. <laughs> goodbye. Well, I'll put your...